This is inconstant. <laughs> Hello everyone, uh, it's a new episode of Inconstant. Um, my guest today is Ryan Spielman. Ryan is a therapist and yoga teacher. He has trained as an integrative humanistic counsellor. He has been an advanced practitioner and teacher of Astanga Yoga since 1995. He studied self-exploration, mindful, mindfulness meditation, Eastern philosophy and group therapy occasionally in unconventional settings. He is the he leads regular uh, weekly groups and week-long workshops focused on self-awareness and authentic communication. He's the co-founder of Wise Studios, an uh, audio library for contemplative, contemplative teaching. He writes and performs philosophical, philosophical comedy songs. Uh, Ryan's been a dedicated practitioner of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the last five years. And I'm going to be asking him some rather silly questions. Um, <laughs> okay, Ryan. So um, these questions are going to go into weird areas. So if there's a subject or question that you're not comfortable talking about, I'm going to ask you to give me a safety word now and I'll stop asking that <laughs> immediately. Uh, I think I'd be okay with, with anything. Okay. So... so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk word. not having a safety word. Okay, all right, no safety net. Okay, so um, I'll ask the first question, which is, how did you meet me? I met you at BJJ. Uh, you are my teacher. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we met. How long? How long? How long have we been? Um, kind of training together it's been four years four years it's gone gone by quick yeah okay so i'll i'll move on to the next question i was once asked to leave a poker game because the smell of my farts were so foul that the other players found it distracting can you tell me about a time where you've been asked to leave somewhere I've heard this question before and thought, what would I answer to that? <laughs> and where I've been asked to leave. I mean, I'm sure I've been asked to leave somewhere. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I've been kicked. I think that the problem, the problem that I've got with my guest is that you're all goody two shoes. No one's been yes. kicked out of McDonald's or a nightclub or anything like no. that. I am a very good boy. Um, <laughs> but I have been kicked out of my family dinner before. Oh. For, um, you know, I have, uh, this is more in the past when I was a teenager and, and young person. Uh, I had a lot of fights with my father, you know, standing up for my, my rights as a teenager. Um, yeah. and, and so that kind of defined my personality when I was a, a young person. And I would often, uh, say things just to piss everybody off. And yeah. And I, I did yeah. get kicked out. I did get kicked out of dinner one day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you, uh, was it something specifically you said, or was it like a, a slow build up of annoyances that you were kind of um, putting upon your family at, at the time? Well, I think looking back, I really wanted the fight. Um, yeah. So I can see that I was antagonistic. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't wrong in my assessment of, let's say, uh, my father and my stepmother's behavior. Um, yeah. I just didn't have any tact or any compassion yeah. or, yeah. I think it's tough growing up, um, having doing these arguments with your parents because at that time you haven't really, really developed the tools to sometimes exp communicate what you're dis dis disagreeing with in a, a manner which won't upset people. You haven't yeah. developed those strategies yet. So uh, yeah, yeah. I've come to think now as a, as a parent now of a teenager yeah. um, who loves to take the opposite position of whatever it is that, that I'm saying. It doesn't really matter what his actual opinion is. He's a, he always takes the opposite uh, perspective. And, and I think it's, I think that is just teenage behavior. It's, it's somehow, you know, it's helping one to define themselves and uh, figure out who they are. So that's how I, I view my actions yeah, no, I think that's now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely fair enough. My brother's got a um, not even a one-year-old yet, and he's already having problems of her being kind of under disobedient around, um, you know, dinner dinner time and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So I think we sometimes forget, like, yeah, children as part of their developmental cycle is like disobedience pushing the, the limits is a natural part of that so yeah yes okay yeah so let's um move on to the next question um i haven't asked this one yet um as a teenager my friend told me that vaginas tasted like tuna what is the <laughs> dumbest thing that you believed about the opposite sex oh my gosh um well i think the dumbest thing is that they that females think like males why don't they just think like me um yeah then we we would just get along they, why can't they just see my perspective and it it doesn't actually work that way or it doesn't work that way most of the time um, yeah i think yeah yeah i think it's not to get too dark about i think that's one of the greatest sources of male pain is not understanding the, or not accepting the fact that women's brains do think dif differently they perceive things differently um to men and kind of i think a lot of men kind of thinking about the um uh what do you call it you know these 
you know guys that are um kind of really really misogynistic and not being able to accept you know women do think differently to us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're not entitled to have a, a girlfriend or any sort of relationship women don't owe us anything mm. i think that's something a lot of men i say a lot of men um men to varying degrees struggle to accept yeah yeah and and that definitely took me many uh years of of failure to communicate to to realize um i mean obviously i think there there are things that men and women share uh and and hormones do push you in certain directions and uh, and those are the things that can make us think differently and um and it's sort of grappling with with those differences and how to make real connections and how to learn from uh, women or anyone with a different perspective um, is is character building. It's uh, expansive and um, I think a good thing. Yeah, I've been doing a bit of reading around kind of psychology and kind there's a lot of um discourse at the moment about you know why people with different perspectives um struggle to get get along and speaking specifically politically now and then it's mm-hmm. you know there's this idea i read a really good book by will store um called the science of storytelling and in in the book he mentions that when someone challenges our perspective uh, of worldview it's our monkey brain perceives that as an attack on us personally Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of like a key thing when you're kind of discussing with um you know you know talking about the the opposite sex and them perceiving things differently on a base level we perceive that um as a personal attack yeah yeah and that's that's one of the things that i've um explored a lot in meditation practice and spiritual practice is the the identification with myself or what i perceive to be myself so um you know if i if i have a fixed idea and i'm identified with that idea then someone challenges that idea i will defend it to the death and if uh if i'm not so identified with it if it's held more loosely then it's not personal when someone is attacking that that idea and i can be more open um and uh and receptive to to other things yeah i think that's true for most people um i'll move on to the next question it's Mm -hmm. a new question and i think it kind of nicely follows on as well i once heard three irish actors complain that far too often non-irish actors play irish characters one of their bones of contention (laughs) was that 
the Irish accents used in these roles were laughably bad and perpetuated stereotypes. Unfortunately, I could not take them seriously as one of them sounded like a leprechaun on helium. (laughs) Can you tell me about a time you heard an otherwise sound point undermined by the person making it? Oh, gosh. Um, Hmm. I, I I think a lot of a lot of sound points are made by <laughs> are undermined by uh, people that I struggle to uh, just have res- respect for their position um, saying it. Yeah, I, f- I think that's it's one thing that I struggle with a lot as well i think that you know especially at this point in time you need to kind of separate the person this is kind of the that classic saying don't shoot shoot the messenger it's kind mm-hmm. of is 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 the strength and of, of the message is the strength of the message strong enough to stand on on its own merits so that's kind of um one of the things I've been struggling with a bit recently, because especially now we're, uh, I think we're in an age of um, a little bit of hero worshiping. Mm. And I think that's, that's very dangerous. Say, say more. What, like what's so an example what of I mean by hero that worship? Is that, what I mean by that is take, for example, someone like um, Owen Jones. He's kind of a, Sorry. Hello? Yo, what is it? What is it? I'm busy. Huh? What do you want? Oh, I left you some sushi downstairs. Okay, I'll I'll have it later. Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> um so what was I saying? Oh yeah, so Owen Jones, who I don't know. Owen Jones. So so Owen Jones, he's a, a left wing commentator and I most more more often than not, I, I agree with the points that he's making, uh-huh. but occasionally he will say something you know ridiculously um, kind of illogical, something that I disagree with, and then you've got to kind of separate that thing that he, he said that you disagree with with everything else that he he's done with the yes. arguments that you do agree with. Yes. Yeah, and and that is uh, it's such a hard thing to do these days. Um, but but you know you can't expect everybody to be perfect, um, and and in, and obviously nobody is. So there are going to be flaws in in any in in whatever uh, a person has to say or present or what their ideas are. And um, yeah, I, I heard a quote once <laughs> uh, that even, even if Einstein fucked a chicken, E would still equal MC squared. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that is, that, you know, that is true. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Einstein was a pretty... I mean, a lot of these um, men and women that have achieved great things, they've got sketchy things <laughs> in their past, you know? Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't think Einstein d- did ever fuck a chicken, but, yeah, he's... No, um, I'm, I'm never heard that he actually did. <laughs> yeah. But um, even if he did, it wouldn't... It wouldn't influence the the fact of the the, the the truth of the formula. Yeah. Okay. So I've got um, a further. I've got a supplementary question. Would you like to hear hear my Irish accent? Oh my God! Yes. Okay. So I'm going to try and do um, uh, Northern Irish. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be. If I've got any um, Irish listeners, I do. Um, so I don't really apologise. Okay, there. <laughs> so you're you're going to be doing something like uh, you know going down to the, the down down to the pub there and to be drinking the uh, the old Guinness there. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Don't think it was. That's uh, that is much better than I thought it was going to go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've got a further supplementary, supplementary um, question. Um, would you please like to do uh, an Irish accent? Oh my God! Please no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna uh, force you <laughs> into doing that. Um, should I can do a Scottish accent? Go, I could go for Scottish man. Yeah. For fuck's sake, forehead. <laughs> That's a bit Gerard Butler. You know that. <laughs> That's a bit <laughs> Gerard Butler, oh dear. Um let's have another question. I'm trying to think. Uh okay. I once hid under my nephew's bed for twenty minutes in order to grab his foot so I could scare him. <laughs> Can you tell me about a time that you've tried to scare a child? <laughs> Oh man, that that's not my thing. Um, I don't think I've ever tried to. I'm sure oh, you've not you've not um kind of like jumped out behind the door to scare one of your kids. <laughs> that's like kind of my favorite thing to do when I was, like, when I was younger, was just to hide behind the door and just go ah. Uh, that's probably the reason why they, they don't trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. No, I can't think of a, a single time that I've done that. Okay. Because um, I, I don't like to be scared. I don't like when people do that to me. So I think I would feel. I would. I would always feel bad if I did that to somebody else. Okay, that's. Um, well, you'd also kind of be slightly a hypocrite as well if you're doing something. Exactly. You didn't want other people do to you. Okay. Um, let's ask this question um all right i used to be able to do a very good sean connery impression mm-hmm. this is no longer the case can you tell me mm. about a time that you used to um have a skill that's atrophied through lack of use mm-hmm. I mean, this this is going to sound absurd because uh, my main gig for the last uh, 
couple decades has been teaching yoga, but my yoga skill has atrophied a lot. Uh, oh, really? I, Why do you think that is? I mean, I used to be, you could put me in any position, you know, you, you could stick both my legs behind my head uh, and stand on my head at the same time and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and my body used to move in every single direction. And then for there was a period of time where I stopped practicing myself. I just very rarely practiced and um, wasn't doing much exercise outside of that. And and then when I started getting back into it, I uh, had a few injuries, so I, I modified my, my yoga practice, and then I stopped caring so much about the doing the fancy stuff. And now if I try to do that, it just hurts. I can't do it. Okay. Um, and it, I, there, there was a moment where I was sad about it. It was, it was like a tragedy. I'd, I'd lost my superpowers. Um, you know that scene in Superman 2 where he, oh, yes. he, yeah. he loses powers, then he goes into the diner and gets into a fight with someone and gets punched in the face? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like, oh, where, where are my superpowers? And, yeah. uh, and, and now it's okay. I, I'm, I'm okay with, with where it is. Uh, do you think you'll ever get close to being where you once are? Or are you just happy with the level of skill that you've got at the moment? I am happy with, with where I am at the moment. Um, I think if it was my priority in life, I could probably get back to something close to where I was before. But I don't think it's that important anymore. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't spend my time doing it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when, you're, when you've got so many different priorities and there's only so much time in the day and kind of yeah, being really careful about where you spend your emotional energy, I think as you get older, um, becomes more important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, go. And I, my my ideas around physical health have changed a lot in in recent years. And um, I mean, I certainly felt great being able to do all all those super flexible fancy poses. Um, it does feel good, you know. It's like it's it, and and it it gets you in touch with your body in um, in ways that are difficult to describe, where you really feel every every nuance of, of every joint, every muscle, every fiber. You, you really have a, um, uh, a, a, an experiential sense of, of all the parts of your body. So th that's, that's good. But I think the um depends on the person and the way that you do it because it is it is possible to practice in a safe and healthy way but for the most part it's not necessary or even healthy to take your joints th to, to that extreme yeah um, and 
And I think it's, it's better to have good, just good general range of motion and uh, stronger kind of muscular integrity. Um, yeah. As opposed to like super flexibility. Yeah. I think that's one of the ideas that I ran into um, a while back was um, functional mobility mm-hmm. and the article I was reading was that um, football coaches don't want their um, players to be ultra flexible because they lose mm-hmm. a certain amount of power and explosiveness and, and functional mobili- mobility mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. their when their um, uh, hamstrings, for example, are too are too flexible or um, you know joints like that. And you'd think something like football where you do need a really good range of motion to maybe be pull off some of the more athletic moves that like flexibility would be a priority, but you know, it just depends on what, um, why you're doing it for. If you're just doing it for, um, general fitness, then I, I, I agree with you having, um, trying to chase that these ultra flexible, um, all these positions that require a lot of flexibility might not be the best idea. Yeah. And I think as long as you balance flexibility with strength and, you know, just uh, joint support or muscular support, then it's a flexibility is okay. And you can probably still have the same amount of power as long as your flexibility is balanced with your, with your strength. Um, Yeah. But it's when you, uh, when the pendulum swings one too far in one direction, uh, because I think you can also be, you know, you see like bodybuilders who can't move at all. Um, yeah. I don't think that's very healthy either. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, I, I know, know exactly what you're talking about. My, yeah. my older brothers, uh, you know, he's used to be quite into his board bodybuilding and he was like, you know, telling me about some of some of his friends that struggle to kind of like, you know, their lats were so big they'd be walking around with like, <laughs> like coolers. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, you've got to turn sideways to fit through doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll ask one more question. So I'm try and make it a good one. Um, let me try and ask you a question that I've not asked before. Uh, mm-hmm. I lost that. Okay. Um, I don't particularly like music and don't have <laughs> a music collection. What thing, um, what societal convention? Um, also, let me let me just ask that again. I don't particularly like music and don't have a music collection. What thing um, society expects for you to like that you don't, and why? Uh huh. First of all, I now I understand why you play the same playlist at in jujitsu class over and over. 
Yeah, because that, those are the songs that I have. I'm not. Yeah, for the listeners, um, I think everybody should experience Fahad's uh, playlist, BJJ playlist, at, at one point in your life. Yeah. Um, so what? Let me focus back to the question. What do I not like that society likes? Yeah. Or what, so, for or what example, do I like that society doesn't like? Yeah. So, for example, um, a societal convention um, that you, for example, football. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a societal convention that men are supposed to like football. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a getting mm-hmm. at that sort of thing where you know there's something that society kind of expects you to um appreciate or like that you even not bothered about or you um actively dislike so it's just kind of trying to get at that really right um well f- football is is a good example for me i mean i do like i i'm not a uh I played sports. I enjoy playing sports, but I don't like watching sports. I do like watching BJJ and MMA because um, I, I'm actively involved in them at the moment. Um, but never liked football. Like you know, football. I'm I'm from America, so our American football is something else. But either either one, I never liked football or American football. Um, and basketball, tennis, and golf. I, I you could run through the list. I never liked any of that stuff. Um, so growing up, I was pretty much the same, but I found um, it really hampered my uh, social interactions, kind yeah. of. If you're meeting someone new for the first time, it's just such an easy way to kind of, um, it's a shorthand to start a conversation with them. So I was just wondering if that ever, happened to you to you as well yeah it, it always blew me away that people would like know the names of the players on the team and and it, they would know their stats and how that affected the team and they'd have an opinion on where the team was going this year uh it i guess i just i had other i don't feel like it ever affected me socially um i did yeah i did I, I was i wasn't a nerdy kid but i wasn't a popular kid and and i think my social group sort of liked the same they weren't sporty either they weren't into sports um so it was okay in those settings but i would definitely feel out of place if if I was in a group of like popular kids and they were all talking about football or basketball and I had absolutely nothing to say, um, that was, uh, that was embarrassing. And it wasn't, it wasn't until years later when I started feeling more confident and accepting of myself just as I am. Yeah. I don't like sports. I don't need to like sports. And I did. There's nothing wrong with liking sports, but um, it's okay if I don't. 
Yeah, I think that's a place. I think it's that place some people don't get to. I once worked with a guy that spent basically all his money on um, football. He'd go to all the away fixtures, you know, hotels, <laughs> um, season tickets, you know, fuel and all these things. And I was just thinking, I was talking about it and, I, and he said, you know, well, what else am I going to do on a weekend? <laughs> You've got a lot of options, man. <laughs> so, but that's me being slightly judgmental about his choices. Okay. Um, I think that's enough the silly questions. So you've got um, a few different projects going on. You've just mm. recently uh, started a podcast. Can you tell um, our listeners a little bit about that and where they can find it and so on and so forth? Sure. So it's called the Wise Studies Podcast, and it's um, it's kind of an offshoot of uh, and a website that I run with my business partner called Y Studies. And we produce audio courses. And th these are like sort of university level courses um, taught by scholars who uh, study contemplative traditions, kind of meditative traditions all around the world. And so this, um, this, uh, podcast is interviews with with the authors so it, it, it's really for a very niche <laughs> uh, group of people who are interested in in um, not just meditation but the kind of history philosophy teachings of uh, the meditative traditions and um, so it's very specific but uh, but I I enjoy those topics and it's okay it's a and privilege to get to the, talk with those scholars. Yeah. Is this um, you and your um, business partner both interviewing the, um, the scholars no. or do you take interns? How, do, how, how does the format work? It's just me. He doesn't have any social skills. So uh, okay. we, we relegate those, uh, the talking to other people to, to me and uh, I do. I I used to do a yoga podcast. I've stopped a couple of years ago, but um, I've got fifty or so episodes of my yoga podcast uh, still somewhere on on the web, and that's just me talking to uh, to other yoga people and some other topics as well, not just yoga, but uh, mainly yoga teachers about yoga and kind of. Why did you decide to start the podcast now? Is it just kind of like a lockdown project or is this something that had a slightly longer gestation cycle? Um, I've been wanting to do it for a while. The lockdown was a good opportunity to get it started, but it's, it's partly for fun and it's partly to promote our courses that we sell. Uh, so I wanted the podcast to be a kind of advertisement for the, the courses, but I also wanted it to be a, just a standalone podcast. So even if you weren't interested in buying the courses, you would enjoy listening to the, the podcast. So that was the and idea. how long the episodes? 
30 to 60 minutes. Okay. That's, that's kind of a, a good length. Um, yeah. And you've recently started, um, I say recently, you've qualified recently um, as a therapist. And mm -hmm. I was just wondering how that was going uh, in lockdown and um, kind of, you know, if you're still accepting clients at the moment and that sort of thing. Yes, I am still accepting clients, seeing clients. And uh, in lockdown, many people were okay doing their sessions over Zoom. And and now as, as restrictions are lifting, I'm starting to see some clients in person. Um, it, it was hard for some people who didn't have like privacy in, in their home to meet yeah. to meet over zoom so they weren't able to have their to continue their sessions and that was really unfortunate so for, for especially for people like that I'm, I'm seeing them in person now and i really enjoy it it's it's um it's a very fulfilling uh career and something that i i it's it's something I've been doing in a few different ways for, for many years, um, unprofessionally and informally, but, uh, but now that, that I'm doing it professionally, uh, it feels like the kind of right, right move in, in my life at the moment. And, um, how long did the training take and, you know, what was your kind of process around because it's I imagine it's a really difficult thing to do so kind of making that decision to pursue that path I was just wondering a little bit about what, what your, your process around that was as well yeah it was the three-year training and it was a big decision um, I have been teaching yoga for uh just about 25 years and i mean I, I love it it's it's been you know who i am in a lot of ways for for so many years but i've also i feel like i've come to the end of my time doing that i'm i'm not as fulfilled teaching it and uh for just for a number of reasons um so i was looking to to start doing something else or to supplement my my yoga teaching with something else and it made a lot of sense to to become a therapist um partly because i've been running these therapy groups or support groups for many years and and so i and i just started those uh, because it was i just had an idea to do it and they grew and evolved um and I started those in like 2002. So those groups have been going for a really long time. Um, and so I just felt familiar uh, and it felt natural to continue that work professionally. Um, yeah. And so, so it is, it, I think it, it, it does take a certain type of person or interest or personality to want to to want to sit with people and listen to uh their struggles and 
be able to hold them in in that uh, in their discomfort and their pain. Um, it's it's I, I think it just depends on your disposition. If you if that if you're predisposed in that way, then it's not hard. It's um, it sort of feels like it comes natural to to me to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is emotionally challenging as well, uh, especially if if you're seeing a lot of people who are really depressed or suicidal or um, who suffer from substance abuse and it's, and that's how you're spending your day all day. It's, uh, it's heavy. That's kind of part of the reason why I quit practicing law. I just, my reserves of um, compassion Mm -hmm. and sympathy just Mm -hmm. got exhausted because People, generally speaking, when you come in to see a solicitor, they're not usually seeing you for, you know, they're not <laughs> usually seeing you for a reason that's positive. Something right. negative ha- has happened, and yeah. you're having to help them solve their um, solve their issues. And I just, you know, I just stopped caring. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I don't have that that disposition. So I really um respect it when i come across people who do because it is it's really difficult listening to um you know you know i've got examples you know people going through divorces and being teary-eyed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously my role was slightly differently being kind of there to provide um practical um solutions where i suppose it's view is more about um helping them come up with um what's the word um kind of inside resources to help them cope with Mm -hmm. their with their issues Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's why jujitsu has been so wonderful for me because it's it's such a contrast to that work and um and I'm replenished uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, by just rolling around on the ground with other people um, and doing something yeah. completely different. I really miss jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys have been um, kind of rolling with each other, and yeah. Jeff's done a bit of film, filming around. I'm, I'm too sure if it's your house or someone else's house, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a small there's a small group that's been getting together, and um, and it, it's been good to get to get back into it. And I really miss the bigger club and and the bigger group as well. Um, yeah. And it's always it's always a bit sad too, knowing that uh, I. I mean, I actually don't know. I don't know what other people are doing. Um, and I hope that people have, if they want to train there, they've found at least another partner that they can do it with. Um, but for people who, who don't and can't, uh, I, yeah, I, I really sympathize. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, I've started rolling with my brothers now, but mm-hmm. 
they're working and yeah anyway all right yeah. um <laughs> ryan where can people find you on social media what are your um mm. websites etc etc gosh well whystudies.com no, no one wants to go to whystudies uh my yoga place is trueryan.com t-r-u-e-r-y-a-n.com and I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and um, all that stuff. So and just just Ryan Spielman. Ryan Spielman. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Ryan. Um, it was a great chat, and I'll I'll let you go. Cheers, Thanks, buddy. Man.